Greetings and welcome to the Mount Rushmore Podcast. My name is Jeff, and I'm joined by my good buddies Richard. Hello. And my good buddy Michael. Howdy. Uh, Richard and Michael like to debate and deliberate the Mount Rushmore of many different topics. And this week we're getting kind of emotional. We're going back in time a little bit to the heady days of high school and the Mount Rushmore of high school regrets is what we're discussing. Richard, this was your choice. What's your angle? Where are you going? I don't, I, I don't even know where I'm going with this. I just I just know that I've been seeing more high school friends on Facebook lately. Maybe I think we all have been kind of maybe catching up with people that we have not had contact with in a while on Facebook because God knows we can't have real contact with, with other people. Mm. Um, and so I've just been thinking about high school a lot lately and it's got me thinking about a couple of things that are like, man, I wish I could, in hindsight, I wish I could go back and do that differently. Yeah. I like a reboot on that. What is it? Uh, why is high school the, like, I know you were, you're a young graduate of high school, am I right? Then you went off yeah, to college? I, okay. Yeah, I, I skipped my senior year. Yeah. And I think a lot of you are obviously not alone in nostalgia for that era, for examining the successes or the, the ways in which our lives after high school don't necessarily live up to maybe early promise. And also not alone in, in uh, thinking it's that time when you almost kind of felt like you were an adult, but maybe you didn't... Um, do the most adult things or do make all the best choices. <laughs> right. No, it's, we, it, it's probably the last time where you really didn't have to deal with any personal responsibility. Yeah. So yeah. you could, you could make, you could be an immature idiot and still get away with it. Mm -hmm. Looking back on it, some of those things are like, Ooh, yeah, really? Ooh. Yeah. Wish I could pull that one back. You know, it's, it almost feels like other outside of the world of, um, uh, the uh, Bruce Springsteen, <laughs> where things were uh, high school almost lived in this world of perfection, where right everything was going right back then, um, even I though mean, we were doing everything all wrong. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I actually, for the most part, had a very good high school experience. Yeah. So oh, thank, is... thank God, because, you know, I was really excited to hear the smallest of regrets from you um, <laughs> after, uh, you know, the last four and a half years of bragging on this pod. So, uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm, glad you're, I'm glad you're not going to get like too, too wistful, remorseful. I'm, I'm glad that you're like, keeping it 100. Yeah, I decided to not drink this episode just, just to be <laughs> safe. All right, uh, Winfield, uh, you start because Richard chose the subject. OK, um, I guess. Um, in a, a lot of ways, the way that Richard described this kind of reconnecting with old friends and um, I've been kind of working on this just big project that both of you guys know about, this big photo scanning project. Um, I did it with like with a bunch of like kickball stuff from the decade of kickball that we played and collected this huge just – you know, this huge cache of just pictures. And then I started scanning old um, – uh, family pictures, like just scanning them and dating them and like Google photos and organizing them and tagging them and trying to get as accurate as possible. And then I got to like, I realized that my high school yearbook had one picture of me and it's the official, you know, high school senior year photo. And I'm not in that book in any other way. Oh, wow. I think that's, I think that spoke to me in terms of, uh, how antisocial I was. I mean, I wasn't in any extracurricular activities. I wasn't, didn't play music. Wasn't, um, I wasn't even like, I don't know what key club is, 
Oh yeah. But I wasn't in, I wasn't in it. I didn't do any sort of like uh, student debate uh-huh. club. I didn't do, wasn't like, you guys, didn't sure have, there, you guys didn't have like an art club or something. Oh, we'll, we'll get to art later. Oh, okay. You were, we'll get to the, my regret, my regrets about art later, but you were in um, junior ROTC assembling and disassembling a rifle blindfolded the whole four <laughs> years. Uh, I just, I, I was so, uh, I don't know, purposefully or just in my own head. I was just antisocial in that way. I had a big group of friends that I hung out with, but I didn't translating that to like, Oh, this is going to help you in life in terms of building other bonds or being part of a group or a team, or like, these are things that get you into college that just none of that was in my field of view. And then like, so looking back to like my senior high school yearbook, it's like, there's one picture of me, like no other picture of me, just like in the background, in the quad, just (laughs) being there. It's just like this blank slate. It's just, it's a very strange thing. Cause like, you know, my wife, Emily was um, prom queen, like twice. She was uh, involved in like track and she's just a very social person. I haven't, I can't look through her yearbook and I, I, I can't remember. We must've done it at some point, but I'm sure she's all over that. And like, I, I don't know. It's just one of these things where I, you know, I know how this Google photos, you know, fortress that's built of 60,000 photos practically. And it's like, oh yeah, but my yearbook, I have like none. So that's a regret. I should have, I should have done, been more social, uh, at least in the faux setting of, in class or something. Oh, so do you mean more uh, clubs and activities or actually as a um, pretense for, for interaction or? Do I, you mean- I don't know. I think, I think that, uh, you know, it would have been nice to look back and be like, oh, yeah, I, I had those memories of um, I don't, just being in some club, just, be, just being involved in some other worthwhile thing that you're investing your time in that isn't, um, yeah. you know, watching uh, yeah. Batman after school <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Hey, Michael, I got a question yeah. for you, not to get sure. too, too deep into this, but. Let's go. <clears throat> Do you think that the, your lack of activities and clubs and things like that kind of led you to be more of a take a leadership role in things like creating Pizza Club and being Mr. Kickball for a decade? Uh, I think that a couple of things. I think it maybe maybe there was like all this built up actual um, uh, connective person sort of thing inside me that was there. Or it could have been that I was like initially just really trying to get over like a separation and divorce. And like, I just had to fill the, fill the hours with something. And then you just, you know, it's like finding Jesus. It's like you're, you're at these like super low moments and then these things pop into your life and it's playing kickball and staying out late and eating pizza. All right. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So, yeah. You know, I was thinking about how social media is uh, identified as the beginning and the end and, and uh, platforms like, well, uh, Instagram, uh, Facebook, less so, but now TikTok are burgeoning um, photo repositories for young people. And uh, people make critical comments about kids plastering the, the world with images of themselves. But um, God, for four years, 
of my own. You know, I, I, I averaged maybe one or two photos per, per yearbook, but I, my parents weren't taking any damn photos of me. So I don't, that's all I have <laughs> about eight photos for four years. So that's probably a good thing, right? You are definitely in a, a different time because I think you look back at old photos and you start having the memories of a very specific photo. Mm-hmm. And when you take, you know, a hundred photos a day, it all becomes a blur. Like, do you go back and I have, I don't necessarily go back and look at pictures I've taken recently. It's like, I'll look back and take pictures that were taken 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. Okay, man, Freddie late on us. All right. So my first one is just it, maybe it's, it's not necessarily related to Michael's, but I think it's in the same area. Um, I wish I would have gone to parties when I was in high school because I did not go to parties because I Mm -hmm. had no interest in hanging out with the kids who partied, Mm -hmm. so to speak. Turns out that was like half the school that went to parties. And so it's, it's not on my list, Richard. So I'm going to piggyback and um, trick Jeff into giving me half credit. I was, I've, I never went to a single party either. (laughs) Yeah. I was never invited to a party was never like whatever parties that appear in, uh, movies from the 1980s right yeah they those are they are as foreign as the cantina uh, denzians you know right and and partially for me it's because i didn't drink when i was in high school same um and i don't really regret not drinking in high school that kind of specifically is not a regret but i think the fact that the reason i didn't go to parties was because i had this idea in my head that the the groups that went to parties were kind of vapid and weren't necessarily up to my high standards, so to speak. <laughs> right. Which is just, mm-hmm. which is just dumb because it's like you go to reunions and you wind up hanging out with these people and you find out yeah, they were just, they were just dopes going through high school. Like I was, and some of them were really cool and some of them weren't. And guess what? You find out 10 years later, some of your friends from high school were really cool, turned out really cool, and some of them didn't. That's just kind of the way it works out. So I don't know. I probably would have been – I think it's it's a, it's a part of a bigger issue of being less judgmental when I was in high school. But I think it, it manifested itself in the fact that I didn't go to you – know, I didn't go to parties. We had – you could hang out at the trees, which was this grove of trees that was out in the middle of nowhere, and everyone partied there after the football games on Friday nights. Or you could good, hang na- by the- good, good name, the trees. The other one was well. The other one was the ditch. Yeah. So, which was <laughs> we, a literal ditch. Yeah, we had like the hill and the mound. Yeah, when you're Michael, when you're a small town, you it's, you don't need you don't need to be too descriptive. There's only so many ditches that you think could possibly be. <laughs> but I never went to those things, and I got invited. Um, you know, and I I think I think I I missed. I feel like I fundamentally missed out on something high school mm. by kind of segregating myself from that experience. Oh, not for sure. I, yeah. Not saying I would have liked to have gone every week, but you know, every once in a while wouldn't have hurt to hop in and make an appearance. Are those years you find yourself rapidly changing or I know I did. It seems like within a given week, I might have been three different um, aspirational, you know, um, personas or something like that. Uh, right. And I think sophomore year was the first year of our high school. It was a three-year high school. Sophomore year, I was uh, looking down my nose at people consuming alcohol. And by senior year, I 
could not get enough of the stuff. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe that's something we're missing my senior year. Maybe if I would have been a senior, I would have relaxed a little bit more and not been such a judgmental jerk about other people. That could have probably, probably not, but maybe it's yeah. possible. So, is, else. is uh, judgment going to be a separate thing, or is gone? Is I think it's, it's all, all wrapped part, up. It's all part and parcel of the same thing, you know. Yeah. I think I was overly judgmental of of other people, and I let that cloud how I perceived yeah. things like going to parties. Mm-hmm. And then, but partially it was just because you know it's scary to get outside of your your comfort zone, which is a whole separate thing that we will get into later on in this episode. All right. Okay, Winfield, what's your second one? Uh, my second one was um, thinking I was real a real special kid who was into like the Simpsons and comic books and star Wars. Like that was my thing. Those are the three big things I was into it. That was my thing. I was, no one else was into these things. And then I, you know, later realizing that that was really the least special aspect that one could be into (laughs) that, that the giant uh, mega culture that was all bought by Disney basically owns the Simpsons comic books and star Wars. And they're all just one huge glob of a thing that every other 40 year old person is into in some yeah. way. So Disney, Disney owns your, your childhood, your high school life, basically. Well, now they do. Yeah. <laughs> are but you, at the time, are you Go regretting um, the not reaching out to share that with other people at the time? Or are you regretting in hindsight that a draconian um, entertainment <laughs> company has purchased all those things? No, not really either. I, 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 I was never the kid that would go to like the local comic book store and like talk with the other nerds about comics. I, I didn't like to, <laughs> didn't like actually talking to those other nerds about comics and other things. I didn't need to share my opinion about what I thought Spider-Man was going to do. I, for whatever reason, I like, I liked it when it was within my uh, comfort of like my two friends, like Eric, who you guys know, my other friend, Romeo, who those are the two guys that were into like comics that I, you know, could talk to or would want to talk to about it. But like, I never had like the, that aspect of needing to share that. I think it was just, you know, it's a regret looking back and being like, is that all you really thought there was when you could have, been so much more expansive in the things that you were into yeah yeah and like and and, and to to think that those three things specifically were like signifiers of your own identity when it's like mm-hmm. ah be something other than a cartoon <laughs> uh cartoonish space opera and um you know printed cartoons uh-huh. <laughs> really i mean you know whatever i you know i hit a perfect bullseye on each one of the in the nerd score so mm-hmm. yeah it's still received culture mass culture but uh you had this sense of uniqueness the, the snowflake that was michael winfield <laughs> was part of a, a a drift that was going that you didn't even know about i think also too once like the internet kind of developed like that was it like when you're the only person you can feel special about it but then you realize you get on the internet and this is what 96 95 you know in the mid nineties to late nineties. And then the internet kind of takes off and then you're in college and you realize, Oh, everybody's into this sort of thing. Every, 
that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's very, it's a very, it's a very, it's a very humbling mm-hmm. thing that I wish I was just more expansive in that way. There's you, you one point seems like maybe, maybe we're making in many of these observations is who the fuck did I think I was? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. What, what, what made me take on this identity that was create, put up a barrier in between myself and all the other unique um, vulnerable, weird children, you know, people who are just trying to make their way through through, and just have as much fun as they could and or just try to not get picked on or who the, who the heck did I think I was? <laughs> well, I, I think it's an element of if you kind of have your things and you hold on to them and you are those are your, indep- your independent worlds, then you can be the one who's kind of in control of it Mm-hmm. And a lot of high school, mm-hmm. you feel like you're not in control of things. But if you're, and also if you can signify yourself as, oh, I'm comic book guy or Star Wars guy, it sort of makes it easier to deal with the possibility that people might reject you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. That's uh, one it's thing. Good therapy I... session, guys. This is good therapy. This whole thing is yeah. just all things of one long. Okay. You guys listening, by the way, is just a big therapy session. One thing us. I kind of result re- regret as an adult is that none of it means anything anymore. Like music, uh, mm-hmm. culture, the culture you consume uh, used to be your identity. Now it's like, who cares? <laughs> it doesn't. Well, it, it used to be like you know, like music was a big part of my identity, and it was like we didn't have. Spotify or YouTube or ways to be able to consume basically any song at any time. So if, you know, the new Matthew Sweet album came out and you were the first one to get it, suddenly you were you were the one who was not shutting up about how good this was. Yeah. You're the one trying to convince your friends here, let me make a copy of this tape for you because it's mm-hmm. it's it's amazing. And so you got to be sort of the evangelist for the yeah. things that you thought were cool. And you don't really get to do that as much anymore because everyone has access to everything. Yeah. Just every, all pop culture is so readily available. Mm-hmm. And it kind of, it's broadcast from the satellite and it lands in everybody's inbox at the same time. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right, uh, man, Freddie, what do you got? Speaking of music, I wish I had started a band or something like really actually tried to start a band. I, I did a few, I, I did it with a few sort of halting steps throughout the years in high school where I, I would find a few people who played instruments and said, yeah, we should get a band together. Even had a couple practices with some guys once and it just never worked for whatever reason. Now I did jazz band in high school. I did that for all three years that I was in school and that was fun, but there was something Let's be honest. Jazz band does not get the the girls' hearts of Twitter. <laughs> jazz jazz is not the, uh, the the panty dropper that a, that being in a rock band is, so to speak. And I don't know. I just you know now I play guitar and I, back then I played bass guitar. Now I my generally what I play is just regular guitar guitar. Um, and I write songs. I didn't really write songs back then. Now I write songs, but being 44 years old in your bedroom writing songs and trying to record them on your computer, it's a little bit, it, it feels a little lost cause-ish 
And it does feel a little bit like I'm trying to recapture what I should have been doing when I was 17, 18 years old. You know? Yeah. Being in a band is such a, a young person's thing. Like, it would be really strange if I decided, oh, I'm going to get a band together mm-hmm. at 44. That would just feel out of place. But that's that's very much a, a young person's <laughs> It feels indulgent. It feels like kid stuff. Yeah, or it, feel, it just feels like that you're attempting to recapture. It would, it would be attempting to recapture some sort of moment or recreate something that never really existed. Yeah. You know? That's when I when I find my uh, mouse hovering over the leather the black leather jacket in the catalog. I kind of go, "Go fuck yourself!" You don't. <laughs> nobody's gonna think you're cool if you wear this ever. <laughs> I've had the, I, I had that exa- exact same conversation with myself about a, about getting a jean jacket yeah. for the last <laughs> year year and a half. I'm really interested in getting a jean jacket because, but then part of me is like, "Are you just getting one because you want it to be 2003 again? Because you thought the strokes were cool?" Yeah, <laughs> and it's 2020, and maybe we should get over that already. In uh, in 2018, for my 40th birthday, uh, my wife got me a jean jacket because she loves me. Oh yeah, because the exact same reason. Because I used to wear a jean jacket in 2003, 2004. Yeah, and it was fucking badass. So Richard, what I'm saying, what I'm, oh, looks great. Are you kidding yeah. me? It's a jean jacket. It looks amazing. They look like a 40 year old member of the Strokes. <laughs> which they are which they are nowadays so you look yeah. just like a member of the strokes exactly if, got my um long hair that concerned about the opinions of our peers that's one thing but i i don't think a younger person looks at an old guy with a jean jacket and go who does he think he is he thinks that guy's had that since he was probably 18 <laughs> old timer all right dudes we're at halftime uh, audience, if you're listening to this, we don't always uh, have midlife crisis conversations like this. We don't always moan and groan about uh, uh, opportunities missed or errors gone by. Sometimes um, we talk about the most immaterial pop culture things that have no consequence, um, whether we deliberate them or not. Sometimes we talk about very um, world impacting topics like what's the best cereal or um, uh, which branch of the military Captain Crunch really is in uh, but we've got a lot of past episodes to to go back through the archives and listen to they're, they're more than just like cereal related like those two that Jeff mentioned yeah I don't know <laughs> I, I said there's a range between cereal and cereal <laughs> and a cereal mascot yeah we rate, we go all the way from alphabets to some, yeah. cereal, some cereal that starts with a Z I don't know <laughs> Um, do us a solid go back and listen to uh, an episode if you find one you like share it and if you have an idea as to a topic that we could tackle let us know we'd love to tackle it and if you have a guest suggestion maybe yourself hey give us a uh, give us a ring maybe we could uh, get together and um, chat about the topic that you want to chat about this has been the best halftime read ever but now I'm going to jump back into it. Jump back into it with uh, Winfield for your third choice. My third choice. Well, this kind of piggybacks on choice number two a little bit. It's, at least it's um, it goes hand in hand. And I had no real uh, prep for studying art in college in high school. Like, I knew that I loved comic books and I wanted to draw comics when I got older and I liked to draw and I discovered that I could draw the same sort of Spider-Man standing in the same pose 
three-quarter pose and it looks decent and then i could do the same thing with batman same three-quarter pose looking decent and then you know on and on but then i didn't really make the effort to study how to draw how to make art i took like a couple of like high school art classes but those were all like can you paint this perspective thing with you know a ruler and draw a ball or paint a ball and in space and all these Michael, you know were these very... the, were these the can you draw a turtle things on the matchbooks that they used to advertise <laughs> i so i also got into i also didn't get into trucking school because i didn't do the boots and truck school um, exam that way too through the yeah. through the mail there was like an anatomy class or like a life drawing it was just like a basic high school art class and like that was it i didn't have any sort of like I didn't study the history of art. I didn't have any, didn't go to like life drawing classes. I didn't, you know, have books on how to draw or how to study or techniques. I didn't like, I had like the very classic, like how to draw comics the Marvel way, oh. which is like a book. Yeah. It's a very classic book from the late I have 70s. That now. I remember yeah, trying to pretty... order that and they'd never <laughs> get it to be Dalton's. It's like, it's a perfect book and it's just like, you know, narrated by like stanley and he's like you gotta yeah. make galactus exciting <laughs> dynamic ben, and <laughs> ben Grimm is really just a bunch of boxes yeah oh, yeah reed richards should be six heads high and yeah. all you know all that nonsense like that was it that's what i went to school prepped for like and by the time i was taking like art history classes and in a class where you're painting with oil paints i didn't know how to mix paints i didn't know how to you know, all the different things they kind of start to give you tips on, but they kind of also expect you to have some sort of talent and inclination and have made actual efforts beforehand. Like if you're going to like major in, I don't know, history or psychology or something else, like you can pick it up. You don't have to have had that deeper history. I would say English or like literature is kind of one of the few things where it like helps to have read more than three books going into yeah. college. You know? But like yeah, art, as, as an English, I would say as an English major, I can, I can end someone who really only read about three books in high school. Mm -hmm. I can concur with you that I was woefully unprepared for the academic life of college. Woefully. Yeah. And art, art in college is at some point, like I can't remember. I think it was my, um, uh, not sophomore, my, I guess my junior year. And this guy kind of just rolled in to this art class. Like he's, he had like a van and he just had these huge, <laughs> like wall size paintings. And he was just, it, it, you know, it was this amazing thing that was all color and form and shape and interesting things going on. And it's like, I'm, you know, I'm painting a, still life of a skull that was you know a plastic skull that was in the thing or like a robot it was just like who i was so disappointed in my age you know 14 to 18 year old self for like you could have made an effort buddy <laughs> do you think if it were music you weren't you weren't paint you weren't playing the you weren't learning your scales and you weren't out there learning to improvise, <laughs> and you weren't, 
you weren't doing the fundamental kind of things that you think you should have. Yeah, for sure. I should. Okay. And, and I think, I think it all came down to like, you know, kind of being boxed in with this idea. It's like, Oh, I'm going to draw comic books. So all you just, all you need yeah. to do is draw comic books. But when you're trying to get like an art studio degree, you actually have to like make art that isn't, um, you know, one superhero punching another superhero. Yeah. And that's uh, just like, oh, that was depressing. So I, yeah. I yeah, you know, I'm going to go back and kick myself. You know, you have that conversation with yourself and be like, you know, I'm you from 25 years in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, stop reading this shitty Rob Liefeld comic that you also hate. You're, you are actively hating it right now. You know you are, but you're buying it. Go, <laughs> go, go, go to a museum and look at something that's different. You know, I've, I've found it fascinating that one is introduced to the, the out, outside of the art. Like, like everybody, everybody I know who wanted to be a musician in school wanted to play lead guitar and sing in a band. They didn't want to be a music producer. Bass. Nobody wants to be the bass player, Jeff. Just yeah, nobody wants to be it. the bass player. Or everybody who wants to play baseball doesn't end up on on the diamond. <laughs> you know, they, they, they're not, they're, but you can be in the ballpark. You know, like uh, it sounds like both you and Richard have a little bit of regret in regarding your participation in this thing you love being stunted a little bit by kind of not going for it as far as you would like to, um, at yeah. least you could look back in high school and say, well, I tried or I rolled yeah, sure. or did, did that thing. Take, taking chances is definitely like, I was a very, even today, I'm a very even keel person. I'm not quick to anger. I'm not quick to do anything super dangerous. It's like, oof, I don't know. I don't know. I, but, like, I think as, as you said, or Richard said, uh, at, during kind of the preamble, like, um, you know, you're young enough to make mistakes and it not affect you all that much if they're not too, too mm-hmm. bad. And I don't think I was a person that even attempted to make mistakes. My brother was all those amazing things. Like he was varsity basketball player, track and field star, drummer in a rock band. He was the guy women would just kind of throw themselves at. Like our phone would, would not stop ringing these women that wanted to talk to him, women who I saw and just like ogled, he could not be bothered to, um, you know, stop playing his drums to talk to Chelsea on the phone. It was crazy it, how all those things that I look back and think of this person as this protean cool dude in school, he was all those things, but it's like his he had no mirror to reflect upon anybody else who was that kid might've known he was hot shit. My brother could have cared less that he was all these amazing things. And that's probably why he was hot shit was because he didn't, he didn't put the effort into caring. Yeah. That that could have been projects. He didn't project something, try to project coolness. It's something you either in high school, I think, especially either you have or you don't. Yeah. Oh yeah. So Richard, do you want to do yours? And then, We'll take yeah. break. Okay. We already did our break. Okay. No, I'll do my I'll do my next though. And it's kind of look, I think we're kind of tiptoeing around a lot of the same minefields here. And I started to put down <laughs> I started to write down for this one 
I should have dated more. Yeah. But I think what I really meant was I should have been, I wish I had been less afraid of rejection in high school. Because that's specifically why I didn't date, quote unquote. I had one girlfriend, like my last six months when I was in, in high school. And other than that, I had, looking back on it, I'm, I always look back and go, oh, I probably could have dated her. I bet she would have gone out on a date with me. Ah, maybe. I don't know. But I was so, the idea of someone saying no to me, if I asked them out on, hey, do you want to go see a movie some, sometime next week? The idea that someone would say no to me and the potential humiliation that would cause in my mind was so much that I just it just pumped the brakes on me ever attempting anything like that. And you look back on it, it's just dumb. It's just like, okay, so if you if they would have said no, then you could just move on to somebody else. You know, that's that's I from what I hear, that's how dating works in the real world. Not that I would <laughs> again, not that I would I would particularly know. But this is how I understand that it works. Yeah. So this, uh, that that is one thing that my father did not give me um, kind of a perspective on, but my stepfather did. He just literally said, it's just the odds. You just ask. It you could be 10 to 1. It could be 20 to 1. <laughs> just ask him out on a date. Was, oh, my God. That's Mike. That's Mike Damone from, um, yeah, totally from Fast Times. Fast Times. On high. <laughs> Jeff, are you going to try and sell me cheap trick tickets? Anyway, yeah. so? <laughs> that is the, the, the fear that we all encounter of, um, of rejection. It's funny because you, you are in your most indestructible state that you will be in your life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the time when you should be going, hey, you want to go out? No? Okay, whatever. Yeah. Doesn't matter. The but, stakes are so low. Yeah, but it, 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 as, as for me, at least, as a high schooler, any girl that I had a crush on was automatically, she was yeah. going to be the love of my life or something, some, bull, yeah. some BS like that. Instead of just being like, ah, she's kind of cute and we get, you know, she's funny or whatever, and maybe we mm -hmm. should go out on a movie and, and just yeah. hang out. Like, wouldn't that be cool? I try to recall that... I remember in college, I did a summer play with some actors who were professional actors. And we were, myself and the other students were talking about auditioning and we hope we get this part. We hope we get this thing. And they were saying, what's the big deal? You get it, you don't, what's the big deal? And the truth was at the time, if you were cast as the lead in the play, you were now the cast, now, you were now the lead in life. You were the lead in every social circle. You were... If you were Hamlet on stage, every party you went to, you're Hamlet. You're the rock star. You're the cool right. guy. And I remember th sometimes I discount the social structure of school being so rigid and, and con conformed as it is so that were you to experience with rejection with an individual, it's not like it just ends there. Some, the, the gym coach asks you, what what it was like to have Cindy Lewis turn you down? <laughs> it, oh, it goes throughout the school. So. But there are some people. But there are some people who are willing to who just don't have that in high school, even who didn't yeah. have that that gene to to give a shit about it. Yeah, you know, like I would imagine your brother was somebody, who, from what it sounds like, would be somebody who wouldn't have got hung up on something like that. Yeah, I, I would say academically, I sure didn't give a shit. Like, gotta. <laughs> <laughs> you know, right. It was amazing how blasé I was about that. So, 
yeah, kind of uh, rolling the romantic dice a little bit more, or even just yeah. socially, just being dating, being a little looser, just being not not such a not having such a stick up my butt about all yeah. this stuff. Boy, I how I really feel that way too, and I, it wasn't like I was a goody goody because there sure was a lot of stuff I was screwing up at, um, <laughs> but <laughs> there were some dudes who I wouldn't even I don't know like. It's hard to even imagine that somebody from the University of Kansas would be like a surfer bro, kind of like, it is what it is, bro. You know, kind of guys like that annoyed the shit out of me. And it always seemed like those people were disappointing me. Hey, you you didn't do the thing you said you were going to do at the party that we all organized. Or It's like, I think I should have learned to just say, just everybody's fine. <laughs> Stop expecting so much of people when you yourself are letting so many people down all the time. All right. Winfield. My... Well, uh, I'll, I'll end on um, the, the avenue of love as well, because doesn't it affect us all? If we're talking about high school, there's not like, I, it's hard not to think of, um, some sort of relationship thing that happened that um, wasn't somewhat regretful. And mine too, I didn't date at all. I didn't ask anybody out. I was um, uh, not ready for it. I was too scared at the prospect. I don't know if it was scared at rejection per se, but just like that whole thing was just so foreign to me. Um, I liked girls. I thought they were very attractive. I liked very specific ones like we all do but like i just i didn't have it in me to go ask somebody out and uh one time when i was like 16 i think uh, a girl asked me out and it was like amazing and of course i said no because i'm a stupid moron <laughs> it was it wasn't the the girl herself it was actually her sister who called me up and it was very you know it's very strange for me to get phone calls anyway um from a girl and it was like her sister and she called and says, Hey, you know, um, you know, I'm, uh, I'm Gohar's sister. And, uh, you know, she really, you know, she wanted to know if you wanted to, uh, go out on a date sometime. And I remember just sitting there in my room being like, Oh, um, yeah, I, no, I don't think so. Or something as like heart-wrenching and awful and ridiculous and insulting and like stupid. It was just like one of those things. It was just like, what? What are you doing? I remember immediately thinking like, oh no, I should um, call call her back and say yes, but I didn't. And it was like one of those things that was just like the girl, you know, obviously liked me and I liked her. Uh, I thought she was cute and I thought she was like we had like a a Spanish class together and um, we were like in, in like a group, you know, it's like, well, you know, it was the thing when you know someone likes you, but still you're just like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Right. So, <laughs> so no, instead of like, you know, Richard talked about like taking chances and all this stuff. It's just like, it's right on the, right on the ball. It's just like, ah, no, uh, I'll see her, see her tomorrow awkwardly in class, I guess. It's like what you said, Jeff. It's like, you can say you can say yes or say no to somebody, but you're still going back into that pool where, where oh, it's yeah. like, oh my god, oh, yeah. how frightening is that? Yeah, what I, a dumb choice. Whenever I think, because my 
my hobby is looking back on life and cringing at past <laughs> actions. That's full-time what I do all the time. And it, I do it to prevent myself from sleeping at night, which is... You don't need sleep. Who, who needs sleep? Overrated, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, Whenever there's a moment where I think I could have extended more of a kindness to somebody or returned or gone on a date with somebody who I think liked me, I think... I saved them from the worst six months of their life <laughs> by fumbling the, that offer of affection from a decent person who I probably had a lot in common with. I saved them, you know, for me to call them now and to say, hey, you're an awesome person and I really missed out would be a lot better than giving them the dude that they would have gotten back then because he was just a dumbass. <laughs> would have just... Right just befuddled them even more. Um, I would, yeah. I would have liked, I would have liked 16 year old Jeff. <laughs> he was, he sure and was. And I would trying. not have, and I not, I would have not have talked to 16 year old Richard. I think that's probably, <laughs> probably both, both fair points. Um, it's okay. Uh, 26 or 36 year old Richard. 36 year old oh. Richard's. Thank you so much for thinking that. Wow. <laughs> Um, my last one is, so I was editor of the high school newspaper, my uh, sophomore, uh, as time. we've heard, Mr. Uh, <laughs> you know, Mr. New York Times over here. Um, and it was a tradition, your last, your last edition of the paper that whoever, if, as the editor, before you, as you were graduating, you wrote kind of a farewell column. And everyone, and I, when it was my turn to do mine, I went back and read some of the ones from the last few editors before me, went back into the archives. And it was all the very much the, everything you would hear like in a stock valedictorian speech. How much, how grateful they were for the opportunity, you know, how much they loved this, how much they loved, you know, the teachers meant to them and how great, how they'll always remember the kids. And I just thought, I can't do that because I was cool punk rock guy and there was no way that I could write something like that. So instead I just fucking went scorched, scorched earth. You guys, I just, <laughs> I, I wrote this, like, you know, there were some teach, there were some teachers here who were great that really listened to their kids, but most of the teachers, meh, couldn't, didn't seem to care less. And I really didn't care less about that. Are you serious? They let yeah. you print this? They let me print this. Wow. They let me. They let me have my own rope and, and and hang myself with it, so to speak. And it was just. It was. It was salting the earth, sort of. Jacques. Oh, it was. It was what every pretentious thinks that they're better than everyone else. Seventeen-year-old would write as a fuck you on the way out the door yeah. to, to the big city. And yeah, it turns out I hurt some feelings by doing that. So maybe I shouldn't have. Have you ever gone back to your, um, like your 10 year or 20 year high school reunion or anything? Yeah, I did. I went to both of them and Um, 10 year, 10 year was was really awkward, like really awkward. Um, because there were, I still had some ex friends of mine from high school who were, who would just spent the whole time bitching about how awful and shitty Los Angeles was and how could I possibly live there? Um, and feeling like I had abandoned them to go live in Los Angeles while they were still stuck in, in small town California. 
uh, 20 year was great. Everyone had kind of moved on by the 20 year. And that's one of the things you realize at some point. It's like, you know, everyone forgets this stuff. I'm willing to bet 95%, 90, 98% of the kids I went to high school with don't even remember that I wrote this column. But at the time, it felt like a big deal. And I had I had some people come up to me and say, wow, I'm so glad you said that. That's totally what I feel about this town. Fuck this place, da, 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 da. Um, so it was... It was it was definitely met with a mixed reception. Let's put it that way. Do do you um, have a copy of it? I wish I did. No, I I, I thought about trying to go back and uh-huh. so I I thought I had a copy of all my old newspapers, but I when my after my my family last found my brother passed away, they moved out of the family house. Um, I couldn't find it anywhere, so I'm mm-hmm. very disappointed. I wish I had a copy. If I ever did find a copy i will i will put it up on our show notes was it who was it i'm not outside of his his actual humor uh steve martin's playwriting i'm not like the biggest fan of but i forget what is it shop girl or something he talks about like white lies versus black lies uh a white lie is like you know a lie to hide a painful truth and it seems like a a black lie is like a a truth that you really just do to hurt somebody, you know? Yeah. I felt like, well, it felt like that. I, I think I thought I was like Christian Slater from pump up the volume. Yeah. If I could, if I could identify one person who I thought I was in high school, that's who I thought I was. And I thought that I was speaking power, you know, truth to the power. Mm -hmm. And really I was just being a self arrogant asshole, 17 year old, but you know, Again, when you're 17, you don't you don't really know the difference. You just sort of know this persona that you've created for yourself. And I think it all it falls into the larger category of just trying too hard. Yeah. And trying to, <laughs> to trying too hard to be this persona that you've created for yourself mm-hmm. because that's mm-hmm. now what's comfortable for you. Yeah. And this was like the logical like last step in the evolution. Well, you were also 15 when you left high school, right? So I was 17. You're like, as soon as my mom gets here to pick me up, I'm out of here. Yeah, exactly. I was like, I'm out of here. One thing you have in, you know, 17, 18 years is a point of view, but you don't really have an understanding of reality yet. You haven't paid a mortgage. You might not have made a car payment or been dumped by somebody who you truly thought you were in love with there's no there's no there's no suffering truly you you might have thought you suffered you might have yeah. thought you had heartbreak and so one's opinions when uh, listened to by say the custodian of that school <laughs> or the the principal or the the 30-year veteran uh you know calculus teacher you're just gonna tell that kid shut the fuck up you don't <laughs> you don't know anything right no, no, no. It's exactly, yeah. Yeah. If I could go, if I could go back and talk to my seventeen-year-old self, it would, my main message would be just get over yourself. Yeah. More than anything else. I imagine those teachers, like, where do you even go back to? To the journalism teacher or the principal or whatever. As soon as you walked in, they'd go, "You're here to apologize, right?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd love to say. I, I would imagine that would be. <laughs> No, my, high, my English teacher was one of the ones I did I, I got along with, so uh-huh. I think I think I was okay with him. 
<laughs> we're good, right? <laughs> yeah, we're we're good, right? Remember that thing where I, I shit on everybody on my way out the door? We're good though, right? I I uh, look back on this guy and I I would want to realize that he is the product of all the things that were churning and and you know bubbling up and then pressing down on and know that even as a 51 year old i might go back and make 50 percent or 70 percent of the same choices <laughs> the same mistakes just right. because you're a product of that environment um uh i also feel like i had this weird opportunity to observe some of the social um environments that friends were in that I was not yet not be a part of it. So that's one thing for me is like, uh, I think there was fun shit going on and I could kind of see through the keyhole, but I, I never got invited through the door <laughs> for that stuff. For sure. All right, guys, that's riveting wrap. You know what? Four and four. Let's just each of you guys, all of it, all of it's <laughs> going on the Rushmore. There's so much like hurt. That. Are we going to have like a secondary Rushmore, like on top of the first yeah. Rushmore? It's, it's so not it's Trump, like... but it's four more heads at least. <laughs> I don't know on how all, many heads. On, all of them are crying. Yeah. <laughs> we got four. All right. Four, four and four. I'm going to give us each just 10 points across the board. There you nice. go. Nice. That works. All right, audience. Thank you for going on this journey. Um, these, uh, I guess I'm. We hope you don't have. We hope you don't have any podcast regrets after listening to this. Yeah. (laughs) Um, This has been the Mount Rushmore of high school regrets. I, as always, am Jeff. I'm Richard. I'm Michael. 